Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, episode 35, Understanding Training Zones. Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes. When zoning in is always better than zoning out. Great linkage. Oh, so good having you here, Doug. I just, I just can't do that. Can I go now? Yes, your job is done. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> you are Gerard. I am. I'm, I'm the coach. You are Doug. You are the one who interprets what I say and adds a bit of fun and plain English to it. They will start to believe what you're saying. Gerard eventually well once you repeat if they it, listen yes. yeah if they yeah. listen to more than one podcast yeah <laughs> no no here to fill in the uh those those silences and make sure you don't uh you know don't tell people something that's a a bit of a bit of a porky pie absolutely lie. Pull, pull me up absolutely I will indeed um so yeah another podcast um where where are we where are we in this season of ours where are we end of July start of August somewhere around there at the uh the time this one comes out and so it's still bloody winter. There's, but it's getting better. It is. Yep. Days like I mentioned are last time, the shortest day is gone. So so summer is summer is on its way, and we're probably you know the the, the big Wu Tai Wu Two K is out of the way. The big running event for for the squad. Mm. So is there is, is there some proper triathlon training? Yeah. So we're back into full. Well, I say full into swim bike run mode. We were emphasising the run previously. Um, but these these events we're training for these half Ironmans they're in December January kind of time so we're still four or five months away from those we've got plenty of time to build up whether you are someone who has been running big through winter or really not doing too much don't worry don't panic there's um, yeah plenty of time to build things up yeah and I think again from someone with experience of the squad really easy to join the squad and then compare yourself to others who have mm. been doing a lot of training and, and get a little bit down on yourself. But hey, we're, we all have different lives to lead and we've all got different priorities. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, said it last time, a very supportive squad. So yeah, it's about being the best you can be. That, and that's a really good point because we all actually end up at the same point, but everyone's got different paths that they take there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah please, no, no comparisons. Um yeah, that that you put in the time consistently, and you'll get to where you want to be. Yeah, uh, you mentioned different paths. Um, your your path had a rather large speed bump in it. Um, can I mention bumps? Yeah, <laughs> or lumps? Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. maybe a speed lump. Yeah, a little while back. Um, for those that have listened, uh, have I shown to, you the photos? No, thank you. Okay, right. A uh, little bit of a you know testicular cancer, which is sort of threw threw a curveball to. You know, not just physically, but mentally as well. Yeah. Um. But you, you're over that, um. And you're you're back in the game. Yeah. How how is it going? R- really well, actually. I'm just loving swimming, biking, and running again. I uh, so yeah, I had ten weeks of absolutely no exercise, which was like living on a foreign planet to me. <laughs> Probably got a bit used to it in the end. Yeah. Um. But then I, I started a very gradual return to the training. So first of all, I was swimming for about four weeks as the first thing. And the swimming um, came back fairly quickly. That was, that was great. Then I hopped on the bike and did uh, started doing a bit more of that. Uh, my cycling is still not back to where it where it has been in the past, but I'm getting there. Uh, running's been probably the slowest thing because after that much time off, I just didn't want to do anything silly. I've had some injuries in the past, yeah. 
and and I'm really glad that I did. I started off as a very gradual run-walk progression, and now I'm happily running as I used to, just not quite as fast. The, uh, <laughs> the heart rate's up, the pace is down, the, still a couple of extra kilos there from my time off, um, which just all, all come into play and, and affect it. But I know that um, I'm back to full training now. I can do anything I want. So gradually over the next couple of months, I expect the fitness to be picking back up and uh, coming along nicely. I can recommend some really good podcasts if you want to listen about mm. nutrition, about patience, about gratitude, about taking it easy. Uh, I, I, I hear those things are great. I'll send you the details. Fantastic. Um, um, last episode. Yes. So last episode, our longest ever, a new record. Apologies for that. Uh, no one, no one might be listening this time round. <laughs> at, at the risk of an equally long. Damn it! We lost that listener. Yeah. We were talking about events that are, that are coming up. I know you mentioned uh, about four to five months away, so mm. you know people can start training now and start thinking about them. But we we covered kind of some of the aspects that the, the pros, the cons mm. of those events. So yeah, if you still haven't decided which half Ironman event you might do. Go back and have a listen to that podcast. It just gives you a bit of insight into the differences between them. Yeah, and I think that yeah, geographic, cost, type of course, yeah, yeah, all those bit. things to consider when uh, when making your decision. Or or you just go where your mates are going. And, and it's it's got to be a so, there's got to be a social aspect to it. Yeah, there's yeah. no point celebrating your success on your own. Totally. Yep. I've I've done that, and <laughs> yeah, just wasn't quite the same. This week. This week, we, as I mentioned, being in the zone mm. uh, is important. Training zones. Yeah. So the, the reason I wanted to talk about it now is that the the squad has started training together again in triathlon focus, swim, bike, run. And we've got a number of new people in the squad and probably still a few old old hands who uh, don't always use the training zones as they, they could. And... and I was going to say should, but it's not quite a should. It's uh, how you how you use these things to get the most benefit out of your training. Um, commonly, when a lot of people start out, they might have one or maybe two speeds, and that's that's fine. Your first couple of years, actually, just getting moving is going to be plenty to develop your fitness. As long as those two speeds aren't really slow yeah. and slow. <laughs> true. No, true. No, I I, I jest. But uh, once you've been doing the sport for a couple of years, you, you really do need to have a range of efforts, speeds, intensities to get the most out of your training. Yep. And so that's really what we're talking about today. Now, the, the biggest thing with training zones is there's they're about giving you a common language for how hard to go. Okay, And we can express that in a number of different ways, just actually it's a feeling this is how it feels at various levels of effort or we can do it with your heart rate with your running pace with power meters on the bike lots of different ways but but by having a common language then you you know this workout okay this one's meant to be easier this one it's got some harder intervals in it yeah and i think to the to the i don't know the the new athlete who's having a look at this training zones are really important because Getting the best out of you is not about going hard out mm. in every session. Mm. Some sessions are sort of active recovery. So, you know, your coach, ideally Gerard, is going to say this should be easy to moderate. Yeah. Don't go any harder than that because guess what? Yesterday you did a very hard hill repeat session. 
and you just can't keep hammering the body time after time. So I'm a yeah. bit of I'm one of those old hands <laughs> that took a while to to understand it. Yeah. And some of the very first events I did it was yeah. You ran for half an hour on Monday and the following Monday you ran for 40 minutes and the following yeah. Monday 50 minutes and it was all at the same pace. Yeah. Look, and and I was exactly the same when I started out too. Whereas now that I'm a little bit more aware of training zones and the benefit um I'm certainly I've used that word really seeing the benefit. Mm. And even getting the benefit from the recovery sessions and making sure you don't push too hard because guess what? The next day you feel ready to do potentially the harder session. Mm. Whereas if it's if it's hard out all the time, you're just going to break. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a real school of thought that says, okay, I don't have much time on my hands, so I just need to go harder. And y- yes, that is true to a degree, but most people um, overestimate the kind of where that where that line is and so a lot of training just ends up being very much in it's called the gray zone it's this middle level where you are working hard and you kind of feel good from it but it's not actually hard enough to get benefits but on the other hand it's just making you tired all the time so the training zones give you some guidance about when to go hard when to go easy making sure they are hard enough and they are easy enough and are there ways of figuring these out? Because clearly yeah. there's a bit of science and uh, a bit of te- potentially technology when it comes to power meters, but some science behind it to 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 know that you're in these zones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the science boffins, they've studied this kind of stuff for so many years and they've worked out what the different levels should be and, um, and how to use them. So I'm... I'm kind of getting the benefit of all of that work that's gone in the years before me and by the by the scientists, and I'm trying to present that in a way that makes a bit of sense to most people out there. Okay, and I guess there's a test of some sort, mm. that, and I know I'm not saying I guess I'm not guessing because you've made <laughs> us do it, but there's you know a, a run run test a 5k TT just go as hard as you possibly can. Yeah, there's the FTP tests on the bike that you then yeah. sort of crunch the numbers and are able to give I don't know for running this pace is your easy or your moderate yeah that's and right similarly on the bike this this wattage is yep. your easy or moderate if you haven't or got a, a power meter rate. it's then this heart rate is your easy to moderate yep. that type of thing is that uh, yeah that, that's right so anyone who's got devices which most people have um, doing the sport have a GPS device and probably a heart rate strap that goes with that then we can work out numbers that are specific to you and what you have to remember is that it is very very individual everyone's hearts are going to beat at different rates so you can't just talk about oh my heart rate's 180 what's yours that's irrelevant it's about what level you are relative to your heart rate yep and I can second that heart rate one I used to ride with my brother-in-law a lot and we would be going up a hill probably talking and heavily breathing at about the same rate, mm. and there could have been twenty-five to thirty beats difference yeah. in our heart rates. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes it, you might think it should be around the same level if you're the same age and the same weight and all those good things, but sometimes genetically, people just have a, a, a naturally yep. higher maximum heart rate. Yep. And absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the, so the zones. So, so there's also something to be aware of: different methodologies for calculating training zones is it not hard enough already? yeah i know i know and th- this is the the one kind of real big beef i have with all of this and and 
yeah, different people, different scientists have come up with different theories. Okay, so yeah, quite often, if you're reading um, things, particularly out of the US, listening to podcasts, you hear about zone two training. Um, that being your, your kind of basic endurance training. But the problem is, different people will calculate zone two in different ways, different methodologies. So it's really important to understand that you need to use training zone methodology that's aligned to the training plan that you're using. So I've, I've got mine, um, but if you go and look on, if you've got a Garmin on your Garmin Connect account, the default zones they have there are different to mine. They're going to be different to another coach's. Gotcha. So you have to kind of get that package of training zones, training plan, how you're going about everything. They have to connect together. Yeah, and something we have mentioned before, there's so many options out there. At mm. some point, you need to plump for a methodology yes. and a, a, a process and just commit to it. Yep. If after a while you feel it's not working, then yeah, consider your options. But you know, there's nothing worse than jumping from, oh, I'll look at that one. Oh, now, now I'll try this one. And, for sure. Oh, and particularly if they're vastly different. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned about the, the, you know, the zone one, zone two. Your methodology is slightly different. Yeah, so I use um, these intensities that were developed by the great John Hellemans, mm-hmm. a uh, Kiwi Dutchman who's uh, just been um, one of the, the forefront of triathlon in New Zealand and endurance sports and around the world even. And so... W- way back in the day before there were all these devices he just came up with five different levels and they've got names so easy moderate moderately hard hard and very hard now I have modified it slightly from his original but that's the basics of it and the theory being that you think about those names and they progress from easy to very hard there's five different levels that you can train at and I guess back in when there weren't even heart rate monitors, mm. let alone GPS and power meters, etc., these were sort of perceived efforts. That's it. Yeah. Or, I guess you could have done. You, you could at least time a five k TT, tro- you know, a run. Mm. You'd know how. You might not know what the heart rate was. But, you could figure out a pace, maybe. Uh, but then you probably didn't even have pace on your watch back in back in those days to be able to calculate it. True. You yeah. could figure it out by doing the maths based on the five k time. But then you'd say, right, you need to run at four-minute Ks, and you're like, well, how the how hell do am I supposed to know that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, true. So, so yeah, the, I, I really like using words to describe them because if you are someone who is just going by your per- perceptions of effort, that's totally fine, perfectly legit way to do it. Yeah. But if you have devices, then we can marry up actual numbers to each of these. Yep. And th- there's a for each of those zones... Mm. As the name suggests, if it's heart rate, the, it might be within a, I don't know, a 10 beats per minute yeah, or 15 beats. And same with wattage on the bike. It might be between, you know, 150 yeah. and 165. So it's not a dead on number. It, it is yeah, a now, zone to, to sort of be in. That's a really good point because we do come up with these numbers, which are, yeah, to, to, to give you a number for each zone. But it doesn't mean it's an absolute fixed kind of um number at either end yeah yep. there, there's you, you kind of your body doesn't go from 130 to 131 beats it does not completely change itself you're just gradually working your way between one zone to the other yeah so it's really important yep. to remember that they're not absolutely fixed hard things they are your general buckets and areas yep no, understood um just so very quickly let me just touch on the description that goes with each of those zones for for our team yep 
So the, the easy zone or recovery, it is really easy. Okay, it's you're literally just moving your body in some way, be it swim, bike or run, just to keep it moving to either get it going at the start of a workout or to recover from some harder training that you've done. Okay, so it's very, very simple movement, no no effort, no load at all. Now something you've mentioned before is nose breathe. Running. Right. Now is that easy or is that moderate? So that's moderate. Moderate. And so moderate is your, your basic endurance training. Problem is if I, if I say that to people, then the kind of the, the thoughts of how hard or not that is is very different for every person. Yeah. So one of my favorite guidelines is that if you can close your mouth and breathe through your nose for several minutes at a time, um, probably not while you're swimming, uh, <laughs> but while you are cycling or running, then that is your moderate zone. If you, after one minute, you are gasping for breath and have to open your mouth to breathe, you go in too hard. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's one of the best guidelines because the majority of our training, we should be able to close our mouth, yep. breathe only through the nose. Okay. Yeah. And I've I've done it. You've you've it's, I've seen it in the schedule, and it is, it's quite hard to go that slow, or not not that slow, yeah. just to yeah. to, control to control yourself because yeah, that's it. you might if, if you're only out for half an hour, you think oh, I'll go to, I'll just go for it and then I'll be done. Yes. But slowing down to that moderate pace to be able to do that nose breathing is takes a lot of concentration let alone physical yeah sort of control and, and just to be clear some people um start to think oh it's about the process of breathing through the nose and the is that developing my system in some way no no it's not about that it's just a way to help you manage your effort yeah and it it's minimize well it's limiting the the oxygen to mm. the muscles therefore you need to exercise at a level where breathing through the nose is giving enough oxygen yep. for you to run at that speed perfect yeah okay. moving up to so moderate hard moderately hard so this is the feel good zone okay this is where you go out and you kind of push the pace along a bit and you you come back and you you're sweaty your heart rate's been up and you've you're feeling good because you worked hard but it's yeah it's harder than moderate but it's probably not really that hard. And yep. so this is the, I mentioned before, the grey zone, the area we want to use it purposefully at times. We want to make sure that your training just doesn't default to this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to ask too many questions because you, know, you, you describe it really well. It probably does still sound a little bit... Yeah. Not, not a little bit sort of mysterious because I know once you've done the run test and the bike test, you know, the zones... Uh, are calculated and it makes perfect sense mm. but i think for someone who's not using and doesn't have access because we don't all have access to all the, the all the technology and the tools it's good to have a kind of a, a a mental picture of what that effort is like yeah and you've talked so, about it that previously it was all about perceived effort is it a one is it a seven mm. is it a nine out of ten that kind of thing so uh yeah really good to get that description of, of kind of what it should feel like yeah, so, so if you think of that one as, as you feel good, you, you feel like you're working hard, but you can keep going, and it's you, 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 you come out of it happy yeah. at the end, you've done a good hard workout. But the, like I mentioned before, the problem with that level is that you're not really going hard enough to really develop your top end performance, and all you're doing is making yourself tired, not really getting any more benefit than if you went at moderate. So then you jump up to hard. Mm. Um possibly a stupid question but that's why I'm here how long could you make could you hold 
a hard effort, say, if you're running. Okay. So this would be 30 to 60 minutes. Okay. That's, so, I, I was expecting a much shorter... Yeah, and, and that's that's probably the downside of the word hard, okay? That straight away, it's like, okay, let's go hard. Yeah. But no, 30 to 60 minutes at this level is reasonably unpleasant. So um, we... <laughs> sounds You're supposed to be trying to sell this. <laughs> So okay. at, at this level of effort, we're generally doing intervals, breaking it up into smaller chunks yep. so that you can repeat with good um, good quality of, of how you're moving and that you can consistently hit that level of effort rather than getting tired and, and tapering off. Okay, so you, you know, six lots of three minutes at that effort with just a, you know, a minute and a half's recovery in between Yeah, <clears throat> and making sure all those three minutes are at about the same pace. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So same question about very hard, mm. which is the top end of the scale. So that, that's only minutes at a time. Right. You're, you're okay. really busting the gut. And which is actually quite a difference. When you go from sort of 50 minutes to an hour, mm. you should be able to maintain hard versus just a minute, a minute or two. So pr- pr- probably call it five minutes. Five roughly. minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But but you, you think um, what's a what's a five minute race? I don't know. We don't really do any of those short. But you think if you went out to race as fast as you could for five minutes, that's that's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now for for our team, um, everyone has a written copy of these, so you can go back and, and review them. But I just wanted to be able to talk them through and perhaps explain a bit more. The I mentioned before about the moderate, and it's the place where we should be doing most of our training. And so I just want to touch on that one, that it really is, even for people who are time limited, we should be doing a lot of our training time there, okay? Because this is where you get 80% of your benefit of any training that you do. So I said before that new people starting out might only have one or two speeds. They're going to be primarily around this kind of level of effort, and that really helps them develop in the first couple of years. Yeah, and it's the sort of speed that, you can go out there and hold for for ages. Uh, yeah. In, in theory, ages. Yeah. <laughs> a very defined length of time, that, <laughs> isn't it? Ages. Um, as opposed to some of the, the hard, the very hards. I think you kind of need to have done the sport for a, maybe for a couple of years because yeah. I, I remember what, you know, they, they can break you a little bit. Yeah, if you if you haven't got the base fitness there, so and, and as well mentally, that in, in your early years you don't really understand what your capabilities are and how to push yourself. So you're trying to yeah. do the hard stuff, and like, oh, that's pretty bloody hard. Yeah, and that, that that base endurance that you get by doing moderate that's just allows you to build up a real, I don't know, get your body used to the kind of training. Yeah, so it's low stress on the body. That's the most important thing. Okay. For people who have a lot of time, you can spend a lot of time at this intensity and get a lot of benefit from it. The um, professional athletes, this is where they still do the majority of their training. Mm-hmm. Okay, They might have 20, 30 hours a week of training that they're doing. So you think about that, there's no way you can go hard out all that time. But even for us mere mortals with less time available, it's still where you get a huge amount of your training benefit. That, yeah. Because basically you're developing your heart's ability to pump blood around the body to the places it needs to get to um, at low stress, at low impact on the body, just really developing that that base efficiency. Yeah, And you're not going to roll out of bed the next morning feeling like you're broken and can't do a day's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, And I think we've mentioned about it before, you, nobody can operate at, you know, moderate, hard, hard all the time. Yeah. You talked about that recovery, so... Um, you know, it's a it's a healthy zone that, to avoid yeah that, falling that, apart. That's so important because 
training is stress on our bodies and then we go to work and we have stress and sometimes at home we have stress with kids or other things going on so if you're constantly putting your body into a stress state it's not healthy no no so we have to be really aware of that that training is not just hard out all the time that's just adding more and more stress to you eventually if you do it for long enough you either get injured or you get ill that's really what comes with just hammering yourself all the time now I'm going to drag up some science from about 25 years ago. <laughs> I was told once by a reliable source who will remain unnamed, mm-hmm. you know, some of that really hard effort yep. calls on you know glycogen and energy that's in the blood system, readily available yep. now, now, now. Whereas that slower stuff, because it was slower, it your body had time to break down fat yes. for energy. Yeah, is that true? It is very true. So again, this moderate zone. This is the place where you will burn the most fat. Got it. So again, people who are looking for weight loss, really valuable for that. People who are looking to get their bodies more efficient for long distances where it is Ironman, sometimes it can be hard to take in enough fuel. Developing your fat burning, this is the level that it happens at. Which is why some of those earlier longer rides that the squad do, you don't let us... Yes, he tells a bunch of 40-somethings what they can and can't do. Um, you know, no gels or energy drinks, just water and maybe yeah, some, a small some, snack. Some solid foods. Yeah, but, but none of these sort of instant, instant, sugar. instant yeah. sugars. Because your, okay. your body will want to, will, will use that straight away. And you should be able to do the ride just based on, yeah. because you're going at that moderate Bingo, pace. bingo, you got it. I'm learning, I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, there are so many other factors that affect your fat burning ability, your, your diet being one of them. So it's it's not just the, the, the training intensity, but no, that is a big part of it for sure. Okay, good. Um, and, and an analogy that I've thought of, we'll see if this works, is that if you're driving a car, old manual style, yeah. not too many of those around anymore, but if you're always driving in third gear, then you're using a lot more gas and your car is wearing out faster, okay? Whereas if you get into fourth gear, everything just drops back at a level, it cruises, it's efficient level to go at, um, and it doesn't place as much demand on the car. That's the difference kind of between moderate, which is your fourth gear, it's comfortable, it's just really consistent, and moderately hard, where you're pushing harder and you're wearing things out faster. I'm just gonna say that is a terrible analogy because I'm assuming in fourth gear I'm going faster oh, than I was in third gear. Yeah, okay. It's almost a reverse analogy. <laughs> I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. You want to be in the right gear that, that you're not stressing the vehicle. That's it. Whereas in third gear, which is slower, if the, uh, the revs are at about 4,000, you're going to drop yeah. the gearbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all right, folks. We'll get that, Gerard to work on analogies. Thank but, you, Doug. Uh, that's why, that's yeah. why you're here. <laughs> but not all training is moderate. Yep, that's right. And and so we do a lot of it at moderate, and then we do some of it at kind of those hard and very hard. Yep. And as you mentioned before, the way to gauge that effort, once you know your zones, mm. um, depending on the technology you're using, again, of course, perceived effort yep. is the old school, how do I feel? Yep. Um, but then when you've got the technology, <clears throat> heart rates for uh, for running, yep. um, and also that's- pace, Yes. When you're running, yep. you'll know what you if you've done a 5k time trial as fast as you can, you'll get those speed zones yeah. as well as potentially heart rate zones. Yep. They should line up quite nicely. And obviously with bikes, there is if you're lucky enough to have a power meter, they are just a fantastic mm. instant measure 
of effort. Yep. Um, any other technology I've missed? No, that's plenty. You could drive along in that car that goes faster in third gear than fourth gear and tell us how fast we're going. <laughs> or on my e-bike, going faster, faster. Yeah. Um, no, no that, that's a really good point. And for the those in the squad, you're lucky. You're going to get the chance to do these tests. They're not always fun, but they're, they're really well worth doing to understand where your performance and training level is at right now. Yeah. And over the season... The ideal that we're looking for is that if we do a run test today and we come back in a couple of months' time, you've got faster for that same level of effort. Yep. And as a member of the squad, they are a fantastic thing because when you've done the test and then you get your zones and you know what zone you should be in, mm. you just, for us, practical you know, practical advice for triathletes who have real jobs, um, you know that when you are training, you're getting the best out of that session. Yeah. Yep, and that sure. is probably, as a bit of a convert to the to the bike power meter, I just know that that hour was spent doing exactly what I needed to be doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fantastic stuff. Quick summary about uh, about all this stuff. All right. So uh, yeah, look, I think the big thing is that what we're trying to do with tra training zones is give you an understanding of when you should be going easier, when you should be going harder. And a big part of that is actually having the courage to slow down because the mentality says, if I push harder, I'll, I'll get fitter, I'll get faster. But you have to push hard enough to get that, yep. but without breaking your body, without stre over overly stressing your body. Um, and yeah, just we don't want to get caught in that in between all of the time. Yeah, yeah. So the, the training zones help you figure out when to go hard, when to go easy and get the most out of your training. And I think knowing that there's a lot of moderate there, mm. when it does come to a session where you've got to push hard, you can, you know it's not always going to be like that. Yes. So mentally I think you're fresh and you can say, do you know what, I'll, I'm going to blim and go for it because yeah. I know I haven't got another one of these for a week. And the benefits, again, it's about knowing those zones and knowing that if you're doing, you're, you're training within the right zone, you are getting the maximum benefit from whether it's the 12 hours a week we mentioned yep. last uh, last podcast or the six hours a week or, or whatever, whatever works. Yeah. Um, it's just so important to to get the most out of each session Yeah, because we can't train 30 hours a week because no, we've got bills to pay. Yeah, yeah. it's just, just not practical. Superb. And, and look, I, I think that for some people, the idea of slowing down is uh, it, it's a really mentally tough thing to do. Okay, We've got some of those. We know that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I'd, I'd encourage you to go and do a bit more research on the subject and you'll find that I'm not telling a bunch of lies. I'm not trying to just uh, take the fun out of it. There, there's a real good reason that we're doing this. And if you follow the process long term, you get the benefits from it. Yep. And the really good reason, if you're listening to this and you think it's a really good reason and it's not a bad listen, although we have ticked over the 30-minute mark for oh, the second week, oh. second week in a row, um, can also be used to cure insomnia. <laughs> Um, share share the link, you know. Yeah. Use all those social media platforms to uh, for a bit of uh, self promotion of uh, of Mr. Smith, practical triathlon advice. Fantastic, Doug. Thank you very much. Pleasure.